Support for this show comes from Nine West. Winter's finally coming to a close, but you might still fall the very ground beneath your feet with the hottest new trends from Nine West. Nothing beats the confidence the perfect little piece can give you. And their new collections of footwear, apparel, and accessories will let you take on the world in style. Use their Need It Now edit, also known as the Nine edit, to search effortlessly through trends like Western-style boots, loafers, and more. It's time to wear our confidence, ladies. We can't be contained. Because this spring at Nine West, we are infinite. Buy now and get 15% off with code PODCAST24. Welcome to In Her Shoes. I'm Lindsay Peoples, and I'm Editor-in-Chief of The Cut. On this show, I get to talk to people that we love and admire, or some that we just find interesting. We'll explore how they found their path, what got in their way, and how they brought others along now that they've arrived. Not only has Issa Rae appeared on the annual Time Top 100 list of the most influential people in the world twice, she's also redefined the half-hour comedy for a generation. The actress, writer, producer, and comedian first garnered attention for her YouTube series, Awkward Black Girl, and soon went on to co-create and star in the HBO series, Insecure. She's also starred in popular films like The Hate You Give, The Lovebirds, and most recently starred in the forthcoming film, Vengeance. Issa continues her bad bitch renaissance in full force with the debut of her HBO show, Rap Shit. I was honored to be able to talk to Issa about her rise to the top, why seeing female friendships unfold on the screen is so important, and what she has planned next. Thank you so much for joining us today, Issa. I'm so excited to talk with you. So this show is called In Her Shoes. So I have to ask, what shoes are you wearing right now? Or what are your favorite shoes to wear? I'm wearing Stuart Weitzman shoes. They're like a glittery gold. And Stuart Weitzman is my favorite shoe brand to wear, mostly because... You know, I have big feet, and they make shoes my size, <laughs> and they're cute shoes. Sometimes when you have big feet, they just give you orthopedic shoes. This is true. So I'm grateful to Stuart Weitzman. They can't see you, but you look really fly. You're wearing all the beautiful Thank summer you. colors. I've, I'm really feeling summer. Like, I'm having a good-ass summer so far. That's good. How? Wait, what are you doing to have a good-ass summer? I'm curious. I've been traveling. I've been living my best life. I'm really happy. I've just been really intentional about breaks. I've been taking care of myself. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I just feel good. Like non-work vacations. Or have work, been work work vac- workations, <laughs> but work and play. Like I'm putting play in my work right. a lot. Okay, good. I mean, I aspire. I need to do more of that. <laughs> what shoes are you wearing? Um, Chanel Ooh. sandals. I've been looking for sandals like this. I have been on a again on my Bigfoot shoe quest. I'm trying to find the right ones. There were these lavender, Ooh. Gucci uh, sandals that I really liked. I'm not even into that. And they're like gone. They have like a size five in women's. That's, yeah, that's impossible. I like the, I wear these Chanel sandals all the time because they're like dad sandals, but they're chic. Let's start of like, obviously so much is happening right now and I want to talk about rap shit and insecure, but now that you are incredibly, incredibly, incredibly successful, when you look back at it, are there any aha moments from the beginning from the misadventure days or even before that that are aha moments that are connecting to things that you're doing now? Uh, Well, for sure that Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl was a training ground for me to be in a show and to run a show. 
Like my very first writer's room, I didn't know I was in a writer's room, was in the misadventures of a black girl. And I remember it was me, Amy Aniobi, who writes on Insecure, Tracy Oliver, who has the show Harlem, and O.C. Smith, who is a writing teacher. And that community of just black women being able to vent and create stories and laugh was so much of the groundwork for Insecure. And even to rap shit, like black women are leading that front to back. And I just find so much comfort in working with with us. And then beyond that, just like it's always just come down to trusting my voice. And I've always doubted that, you know. Even in Awkward Black Girl, the second season, I I thought that, you know, maybe people wanted to see less of me and put more more characters in the in the front and in the foreground. And insecure Prentice had to be like sometimes I'll be like, okay, yeah, let's do this. And he'd be like, no, the show is about Issa, not necessarily talking about me. But like Issa D, and so we need to center her. And that's hard for me to do. So now being on the other side of it, I recognize how important it is to make sure that I'm not diminishing anybody else's voices. That's beautiful. When you think about it now, what compelled you as as young Issa to really want to write and tell those stories and the stories that you're telling now? Young Issa, when I think about that, like I think about, you know, college me, honestly, high school me and what I wanted to see and what I was inspired by. And what I was motivated by, what would make the butterflies in my stomach kind of rise up and yeah. ruffle. Like, I just love seeing us and all our images. I love seeing us fall in love. I just love our beauty. And so that really makes me tick. And I just love how we react to things so uniquely. Like, I just, anything that has to do with us and framing us in a very specific way, like, I want to be a part of. Yeah, yeah. How does it now feel to be... Emmy-nominated final season of Insecure, knowing that the show was ending. Great. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, I think, you know, everybody wants to go out with a bang. And with season four getting so much acclaim, that was rewarding because, you know, we'd always been saying, like, season three going to be cool, but season four is about to be lit. Like, we have so much story to tell in season four. And so the fact that it resonated with people in such a great way uh, was amazing. And then now, you know, to get three nods in our final season when yeah. we aired in December, you know, I thought people forgot about the show. There's so much good stuff out there. I think about Insecure every day. <laughs> every day. I said before we started recording, I'm going to be annoying about this, but I think about it all the time. That's so wonderful. And I hope it lives positively in people's hearts. Absolutely. What do you think about? I just mi- I miss the comfort of it. Ugh. That's so nice. That's such a huge It just compliment. makes me feel like growing up when I used to watch like Family Matters and Fresh Prince when I came home because mm-hmm. my mom was like, you get an hour of watching yep, TV same. and that's it. It just makes me feel warm. Yeah. And that's what I miss. That is so nice. But I know for a creative, it's like I'm ready to move on to a different project. So how was that also just to experience that personally of people like really missing it and not ready to move on, but you personally being like, okay, I'm ready to close this chapter. I always heard about how by the time musicians release albums, they're already tired of the music on there. And at first I was like, what? That's crazy. And then I get it, you know, like Insecure, I was ready to let it go for a long time. And I appreciate that people love it. But yeah, like as a creative, I want to know that I can do more. I don't want people to think I can just do that. People to only want that from me. Yeah. And I'm, I just want to tell so many other stories. And I'm really proud of the show. And just strongly believe in 
not overstaying a welcome and walking away when you're out on top. Mm. Yeah, that's real. That's real. We know that it was like an upward hill trajectory from awkward black girl to insecure now with rap shit. I think we can curse on this podcast. I'm pretty sure we can. They're not going to bleep it. What? <laughs> shit, rap shit? Rap, rap shit. You talking about rap shit right now? <laughs> I saw on TV the other day you were talking about I know, about it's they a struggle. Bleeping. Yeah. It's like people won't even say the title, which is, you know, it's to be expected, actually. I don't know why I'm acting it's fine, offended. But we won't bleep it. Tell me about the thought process of wanting to do something completely different. Obviously, another show for HBO about Black women. But what did you feel like were the challenges in creating this show? It's told from a unique lens. We use the perspective of social media a lot throughout the first couple of episodes. And it is a lot younger and it is specifically set in the music industry. And it's like, yeah, it's about female friendship, but it's still an odd couple dynamic. And I really just wanted to explore this particular time period, what it takes to be a creative, what it takes to rise, what it takes to be yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's an exploration of all those things, specifically through this time, mm-hmm. during this time. Yeah. Obviously, music is such a big part of the show. And I know that you've produced a lot of things, running your own record label, all of that. Where does that come from and why is that so important to you also? It's just music is such a great medium to tell stories. Music is so universal you feel it. Like, everybody feels songs differently. Everybody feels albums differently. Everybody connects to artists differently. And I just think it's so powerfully special. And so this particular show appealed to me because, again, I wanted it to feel like this time. And I wanted the show to feel like how female rap music makes me feel. Mm-hmm. And then on the radio arm, like, it's such a, again, part of my storytelling. Like, I'm so passionate about artists. and They are creators. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to have, first and foremost, a label that was artist-friendly, where they could own their masters and where we could also support them as multi-hyphenates. Because Mm -hmm. if you're a storyteller in one space, you can be a storyteller in many spaces. And then that's also developed to just like, how can we be an audio everywhere company? And so that's taking music, but like sound very seriously and treating that as an industry in its own right. Yeah. I mean, I could tell when Insecure first came on, I could tell that you loved your music because the playlist was just crazy. It always, you know, obviously would go with the scenes. And sometimes I'd be like, this is now my new favorite hype song. What <laughs> What is your new favorite hype song? Ooh, favorite my song new to listen favorite to right hype song is Break Up to Make Up by Vicky Lowe. It's like a, it has a New Orleans bounce <laughs> beat and it is so great. Vicky Lowe. That Lo, is okay. my hype song. And I'm downloading I've, it. Okay. On my little uh little runs, my walks have progressed to runs, and that always gets me pumped. That and underrated album, like the Jay Z and Beyonce album, the joint. Oh, one. that's Everything not underrated. Like, I love that I album. I feel like it doesn't get flowers. Like Lemonade was amazing. I mean, um, not Lemonade. Uh, why am I sucking with? I see. I see it because it was the, the one they shot in the Louvre. Yeah, the one that they shot in the Louvre. Now the breakout song. <laughs> Somebody knows. But that one, but Black Effect is my, like, oh, it always Everything is love. Everything is love. That was the first, but what was the first single that they dropped? That Um, Quavo was doing all the sound effects on. The Ape Shit. Thank you, Ape Shit. Yeah. Ape Shit and Black Effect. Get me. You don't think it was underrated? No. I I love that album. Okay. I feel like people don't reference it, like, in the They don't, yeah, they don't reference it enough, but Mm -hmm. I love that album. It reminds me of Summer. 
Yes, a good summer. Yeah. Yes, yes. Very good song. I'm I have Bia on repeat right now Which for one? my workouts. I love the the one with Lil John. Where she's like, fuck oh, that Bia, bitch. Bia. Fuck that bitch. I'm cursing a lot because we can curse in this one. Sorry. I think it's okay. my my influence. Um <laughs> Anyway, I've heard you say a lot that you were in your mogul era. What does that mean to you? And why is it important to you? And I love to see a black woman say this publicly because <laughs> I think it's so important. Yeah, I'm like cringing hearing you say it back to me. I mean, but it's... No, don't cringe. I think it's really important for I young black people to hear. just want to embrace the fact that I'm running businesses in multiple industries and I, I aspire to do it well and I aspire to be competitive with the greats and I have looked up to the the Oprah's the Diddy's of the world and it felt like intangible to me and I feel like I'm very much touching it so I'm claiming it now so that I can continue to to build I mean what what is the all of that you're doing with Hooray Media what does that entail and and what are your your dreams or hopes for that I mean, so Hooray is an umbrella company. We have our film and television division, um, which works with HBO, HBO Max, and Warner. We have radio, which I mentioned is the audio everywhere company and our label. We have a management company called Color Creative, and that's representing artists on the film and television side and beyond. And then just other different arms, including like our digital division. So like those, each of those arms have heads mm-hmm. and it really just is about trying to be a synergistic company self-sustaining and trying to make culture in all aspects trying to make sure that we are the top we are creating conversations that right. we are leaving imprints and like hearing you say that we're your comfort show uh, like I want that from all the mediums that we touch mm-hmm. yeah were you nervous at all with Rapture coming out because of how people have felt so strongly about Insecure? Were you nervous about the next show coming out and worried? I had some anxiety. I think um, that's normal for me. Like, But with this show, I was less anxious because I'm not in it. There's just something about oh, being yeah, yeah. in it that makes you feel like, are they going to hate me? <laughs> and we would never. That. We would never. <laughs> never know. But with this, I'm, I'm so confident in the cast. I'm so confident in... The story that we're telling, I believe that it's a fun-ass show. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I will argue that now. So, no, I'm not as nervous. I think if you take anything too seriously, I think that's what th- th- where this came from as well. I feel like whenever there's Black content, there's always a pressure for it to have, to be super message-heavy. Or we talk about traumatic and, like, this. I keep describing it as a summertime show because, again, it's like, that is what it is. Right. It's a It's a feeling it's representative of, like, riding in a car with your girls, like, taking a road trip. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what I want the show to feel like. Yeah. In managing that, though, even though you're not on the show, you still have all of these other ventures. How do you handle that? I mean, you're only one person. Is it? Do you feel like you are taking enough time for yourself? Do you feel like it's just game time and you just got to do it? This year, I've been so much better about taking time for myself. And I feel it. I feel it in... Like, I just feel lighter. That is because Insecure is over low-key. <laughs> but because Insecure was like a job, a nine-to-five, basically, in addition yeah. to and on top of. And now I don't have that block of time, that eight eight to nine hours a day taken out of my schedule 
every single day, you know, in addition to like then having to shoot it for 15 hours a day. Right. And so now I get to be more focused on what I pursue. And I'm, I've been so good about taking like weekends in some cases and taking vacations. Yeah. I mean, you have to because all of these things are great. But I think also people don't realize just the toll that it takes and how much energy it takes to make great work continuously over time. So I really admire you for that, for sure. Yeah. And shout out to people who make 22 episodes of TV because I can't imagine. There's just, <laughs> there's no way. Yeah. Quinta's out here making that and I can't. I love Abbott Elementary so I much. Mean, I'm very, I'm so happy for her. So happy for her. So that deserved. Shit. And I cannot believe I was like, they're back. They're literally shooting again. And it just ended. And they have anyway, that's a lot. Yeah. No, it's a lot, but it's an incredible show. And I'm really excited for them for Emmy. So same. Support for this show comes from Nine West. Winter's finally coming to a close, but you might still fall the very ground beneath your feet with the hottest new trends from Nine West. Nothing beats the confidence the perfect little piece can give you, and their new collections of footwear, apparel, and accessories will let you take on the world in style. Use their Need It Now Edit, also known as the Nine Edit, to search effortlessly through trends like Western-style boots, loafers, and more. It's time to wear our confidence, ladies. We can't be contained. Because this spring at Nine West, we are infinite. Buy now and get 15% off with code PODCAST24. Obviously, a lot in your shows is tied to the dynamic of female friendships. Are there any female friendship dynamics that you have yet to explore that you want to? Or is that, or you can't tell me because you are currently exploring <laughs> them in the show that you're writing? I love siblings. I love the friendships between siblings. I think though that's more of a familial angle that can or cannot be a friendship. But I, but I just love and plan to explore those dynamics a bit more. Come being the middle of five, like I have tons of sibling dynamics to explore. Yeah. So I'm actively thinking about the best way to, to do that next. I would write something about my sister tomorrow. She's crazy, but I love her. Is she older or younger? Older. Seven years older than me. So did you watch, observe, and avoid, or did you, like, follow Absolutely. Her? <laughs> no. And she didn't want me to be—she didn't—they had told my parents that they couldn't have another kid. So she was very, like, I'm so excited to be an only child. And then <laughs> my mom had me, and they were—my parents were really excited. And she pretended to lose her vision. My parents actually thought that she had lost her vision. She was seriously pretending. And they took her to all these doctors, and the doctors were like, no, what's going on? She's faking. She can still see. And they were like, oh, no, we're having a baby. That's literally all that's happening. And so they let my sister name me as a barter so that she would stop pretending that she was losing her vision. And that's why my name is Lindsay. <laughs> First of all, your sister is an incredible actress. <laughs> uh, yeah, she really is. The dramatics never stopped. Um, but she's my favorite What's her person. sign? She's an Aries. Oh, so many Aries in my life. That is... Wow, Aries can hold a grudge. And oh, that yeah. is, I was just talking about that the other day. And boy, does she hold a grudge <laughs> like, against your parents. I'm now blind. <laughs> and I refuse to see. It was, it was crazy. But That's I love her. And, incredible. Um, yeah, no, the sister relationship would be fun. So I'm excited if you do do that. Okay, I'm stealing that. <laughs> 
Have you learned anything about your creative process that has shifted over the years or changed now with Rap Shit versus, you know, previous projects or movies that you've worked on as well? That I'm controlling. I didn't know. I wouldn't describe myself in that way at all. But I discovered doing this project, this latest project, like, oh, wow, I am controlling. But in some ways you have to be. Like type A controlling or? Yeah. Oh, interesting. But only when it comes to these specific, like, projects. And it really comes to, like, once I realize, oh, this is wrong. This is not the way I envisioned it. And it's not, this is not the way that I envisioned it but it's better, or this is not what I envisioned. And, oh, okay, I I can go with this. If I see anything that just doesn't align and feels incorrect, then I just go into a certain mode, and then I'm just like, I'll bulldoze through. And I didn't know that about myself. I, I, I always consider myself pretty easygoing, but I think that's developed over time. Like, And I would define it as taste now and being particular. <laughs> I love that. I'm going <laughs> to use that. <laughs> I just have taste. Or I'm particular. Someone described me as that, and I, I I love that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, I guess, but it's still, I think it's just the way that you go about it. Yeah. Your tone and how you present it, 100%. I see yeah. that. I see that. Have you had a second to, like, take a step back and take stock of all your success yet? Yeah, this year. Like, I had a moment, I journaled it, where I was like, Ooh, oh, journal. my God. How often journal. do you journal? I try to do it every day. It usually probably averages out to every other day. Writing um, or voice notes? Ugh, I hate voice notes. Oh, I do voice all the time. What? And do you actually listen back? <laughs> yes. And every time, every time I do, I'm like, you were definitely unhinged that day. Yeah. That was crazy. Wait, do you do like traveler's log? <laughs> like, what do you do? <laughs> no, I, I do it on an app that you can type or you can put oh. photos in or you can do audio. Ever know? So, no, it's called day one. Oh, okay. And that is not sponsored. I really use it. I like it because sometimes I don't know what to say or how to say it. And so it'll take me a while to just to get there. And But it also transcribes it for you. So then it types it out after you're done. Do you look at it like, what the fuck was I talking about? Yeah. Or do you always know? No, no. <laughs> but you'll know. Or it's just interesting to hear your voice inflection on a day that you're just like full of anxiety. You're like, oh, my gosh, oh, you wow. shouldn't have done X, Y, Z. I can see it in my handwriting. Like, oh, I was going through it that day. I didn't try. But I, I love revisiting things. Like, everything is in my notebook. And it just really helps me. That's my therapy Yeah. at the end of the day. But I don't remember why we got on that. I was saying about taking stock of now yes. all of your success. And you were saying that you journaled about Yeah, I journaled about, like, a very particular moment and just how grateful I was. And just recognizing how far I've come and... Just what I'm able to do, how I'm able to live, who I'm able to surround myself with. Like, I just feel incredibly blessed. Yeah. Do you feel like it's now more fun to be in the industry because there are a lot more Black people that are having opportunities to be able to do things? Because it, it looks like it at award shows or just different events. It looks like it's more enjoyable because it is more diverse and it is, uh, I think, a different kind of groups of people that are just coming up, like we were talking about Quinta earlier, mm-hmm. um, that are on the same wavelength. It's so much fun. Even I was at ABFF and I was like, oh, I guess I do want to throw like a little yacht party out there because there's so many shows and they're a more A little be yacht part. party. <laughs> Casual. Casual. <laughs> there are just so many 
black shows and black artists that were out there more than I imagined because obviously there's there are a lot more. I'm not going to say there's so many because we have so many more to go. Yeah. And that was exciting just to meet new people. The only anxiety I get is there are a lot of shows and I have not watched all of them. So I may see someone and they may be like, you know, famous from their show. Mm -hmm. And I don't know them yet because I haven't watched the show and I get embarrassed. I'm just like, I don't, you know, I just don't, I don't know. What are you excited to watch that you haven't yet? I don't want to even blast myself because I pretend to know know people. No, I just, I'm curious of your personal TV taste of like what to watch. Or it could be something that you have already watched. I watch dramas all day. I love thrillers. Like I'm raving about Severance that, you know. That was a good show. It was a great show. What an incredible season finale. I just watched the first episode of The Rehearsal, the Nathan Fielder show. Oh, I have not seen that, but I heard. You have to watch The Rehearsal. It's so, if you love cringeworthy shit, but also brilliance. I do. I do. That's on my alley. Okay. Oh, I watched F Y Island too. I watched a lot oh. of date dating reality yeah, shows. Like I, I love Island, absolutely. What Our are you watching? This show that I re- I watched that I really loved. Oh man. Her mom was like a murderer. I really gotta find it. Now. Her mom was a murderer? <laughs> yes. Sold. Are you looking through your most recent watches? I'm literally about to call my sister and ask her. <laughs> Because I have to know now, because she'll know. Oh, yes, I love a live call. This feels like a radio show now. Is she going to pick it up? Maybe. She's very corporate. She runs HR. Oh, she has to be. She wears suits every day. Oh, sis. She's so annoying. (laughs) Wait, so I found the show. It's called Pieces of Her. It's on Netflix, starring Tony Collette. It's about a woman who pieces together her mother's dark past after a violent attack in their small town that brings hidden threats and deadly secrets to light. I loved this show so much. My sister had told me about the show because she watched like four episodes and she was like, you should start watching it and watch it with me. And then I finished it before her because she's one of those annoying people that tries to binge watch a show but doesn't actually binge watch it in a respectable amount of time. So everyone should watch that show. It was great. Let's talk about what you want to do next that you can talk about that's coming up or that's coming out besides rap shit or that you're excited about. I wrote a movie. You say things so casually. What? That's the problem. Like, but that's, it's literally my I job a movie? to do this. Like, what else am I doing? I don't even understand the timing on how busy you are and then writing a movie. Well, movies take a long ass time. I wrote this a long time ago. How long and did now, it take you to write this movie? I do this all the time where I have a December vacation like the industry takes a break for like two weeks sometimes three okay in December and instead of taking that break I took it but I was writing the movie so I had the stress of having a deadline like yeah I'll have it the first Monday we get back and I I did it so that was like right before the pandemic happened okay and you know I've just been revising it so now I'm I'm just trying to find a a director and as soon as we do that it's ready to go and I really am passionate about this movie like I have to get a shot this year or else I'm like well, fuck it. Let me write some up. <laughs> I love that attitude. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited about that. Anything else for your ventures that are coming up or like the label or anything that you're excited about? I will plug that my coffee shop, Hill, Hilltop, yes. is opening one in LAX. Ooh, nice. Huge for us. When is it opening? That's a great question. I'm going to say this summer. 
Okay. Oh, and then I was sleep. only asking because I'm coming out to LA in a couple weeks, so I'd like to. Oh, know. damn! I mean, I'll unless you're airport. flying United, are you a United flyer? No. It's in Terminal Seven. You said that with a Sorry. lot of disdain. Sorry, <laughs> United's not sponsoring us, so I'm not <laughs> partial, but. I'm proud. But I was like, oh, damn, I'm not even going to be up there because I don't fly United. But I will make a point to go there. That's a really chic venture, though. I like that. Thank you. And then Sweet Life Season 2 mm-hmm. comes out August 4th. I'm really excited. I love that cast. Yeah. It is a juicy season. And I can't wait for people to see it. Is there anything we didn't cover that you want to discuss? Vengeance is a movie directed by B.J. Novak, directed, written by, and starring B.J. Novak. Wow, okay. That comes out July 29th, very very yes. soon. And it is a, about a true crime podcast, but so much more. Okay. And I love it. It's, it's funny as hell. It's so smart and well-written. And it takes place in Texas for all my hardcore Texans out there. Love it. Thank you so much for doing this. I so appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me always. In Her Shoes is hosted by me, Lindsay Peoples. This episode was produced by Mona Hassan. Our engineer is Brendan McFarlane, and our executive producer is Hannah Rosen. The Cut is made possible by the excellent team at New York Magazine. Subscribe today at thecut.com slash subscribe. I'm Lindsay Peoples, and thank you so much for listening. Support for this show comes from Nine West. Winter's finally coming to a close, but you might still fall the very ground beneath your feet with the hottest new trends from Nine West. Nothing beats the confidence the perfect little piece can give you. And their new collections of footwear, apparel, and accessories will let you take on the world in style. Use their Need It Now Edit, also known as the Nine Edit, to search effortlessly through trends like Western-style boots, loafers, and more. It's time to wear our confidence, ladies. We can't be contained because this spring at Nine West, we are infinite. Buy now and get 15% off with code PODCAST24. Podcast.